What is up, MMA on point? I know you're sad. It's me again, Lawton the Casual. Jason is still in London. This will be the last week um, until the final move when he goes over there. He's been over there kind of house shopping, hanging out with Tom, doing some uh, really, really awesome things actually for the channel and in general for his life. But uh, you got to deal with me again. I'll be the uh, host, the moderator, kind of guiding us through all the topics today and moderating the chat. So good to see everybody in here. We got to bunch of regulars, which I like to see. Um, real quick also, if you guys haven't heard over the past few weeks, we actually partnered with Venom, as you can see by these shirts. My camera's a little low, sorry, but we have partnered with Venom, which is just freaking awesome. So please go to their store and use the code MMA on point at checkout for 10% off your entire order. So support them for supporting us. They're a freaking awesome company and we love to kind of be just in close community with them and working with them as they work so closely with the UFC. So support them for supporting us, MMA on point, at checkout, 10% off, any kind of merch, anything you want on their website, freaking great quality of everything. So support them. But moving on to the important things, I today am joined by none other than PT and Bailey. And how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm I'm so happy to be joined with Balian and of course you Lawton. Very exciting. <laughs> and I just want to let you know before the Kumite crunch comes in, Jason has effectively waved the white flag when it comes to Jake Paul because he has included it <laughs> in the list of things to talk about. And if you remember way before this fight ever happened, I said to you, we're gonna have to talk about this guy because it's gonna have implications on the pay structure in MMA. Now it still hasn't quite got there, but it is beginning to look like it's getting there. So victory for me. That's all I wanted to say. How are you, baby? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, you're right. There'll be a conversation about it. We can have a like a little chit chat. I mean, it's it's somewhat relevant. I think it's going to be okay. But yeah, we've got some good topics and good events coming up. Happy to be back. So yes, hello everyone. Settle on down. It's going to be a good one. Good show. Yeah. So speaking, Lawton, can you read oh. directly what Jason has wrote down as well for the Jake Paul police? Oh, uh, oh, please. I because... I am going to be reading when we get we're, we're about to dive into the kumite so i will literally read verbatim i was gonna do it anyways <laughs> but uh it's pretty it's pretty great what uh jason wrote as the question so well cool well, actually speaking of why don't we just dive straight into the kumite crunch if you guys are ready so if you guys are new here or um haven't kind of been here in a while we do this segment called the kumite crunch now which is five topics and we go over each of them each person gets one minute to give their uh clear and concise thoughts about uh, the topic at hand so as you can see on your sorry i'm backwards left side of your screen we've got the headlines and the new kind of structure we're doing which bailey and this will be an update for you as well so we oh. vote who should take the first one every other one so the first third and fifth topic so say balian wins the first one pt will start the second one we won't vote on that and then we'll re-vote on the third it just kind of keeps the keeps the flow a little smoother so with that being said chat put your uh, votes in the comments right now should pt or balian take this first headline of ufc 261 review so go ahead and put that in the in the chat right now and um, literally all we want to talk about is what are your biggest takeaways from this event? Obviously, it was this past Saturday, and there was a lot that happened on it, which it was I, I actually thankfully got to watch the entire, I watched the early prelims, the prelims, and the main card, and it was 
freaking awesome. But uh, so that's what we're kind of talking about. So let's go to the chat and see who is going to take it. We've got ooh. ooh. They want you to do it, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that happens every week. I, I told them last week I would take one, and I'm going to try to maybe sneak one in. But I think between the two of you, I think Pizzi is winning it. So, Pizzi, we'll throw it to you. UFC 261, what are your biggest takeaways from this event? You ready? Oh, oh. I don't hear your mic. He's muted. Talking Can you hear me? There you are. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was like, I didn't hear, I didn't hear you at all. I was like, mm, that's not good. Cool. All right. Now we can hear you. So you got one minute on the topic. UFC 261 review starting now. First of all, it's one of the best events we've seen in a long time, purely based on action, especially the main card, like delivered in a serious, serious way. I think one of the big talking points that maybe isn't being talked about as much with Usman, with Rose reclaiming the title, with Chris Weidman suffering that horrific injury is, um, oh my God, I can't believe this. Trevor Whitman, that's who I was looking for. Jeez, I lost his name there for a second. But Whitman, the changes that Usman has made has made him one of the most eye-catching fighters now over his last two fights. And they're the two fights he's been with Whitman for. And then you have Rose, who's been a disciple of his for many, many years, coming out with another amazing knockout win. Like, I mean, Rose, Rose, when she wins these titles, she makes such a huge statement every time. Like the Joanna, the first time she beat Joanna first round. How did she even find the space to hit seconds. that hit? against Zhang Weili. Absolutely unbelievable. I think Whitman is probably going to be the coach of the year this year, already nearly decided in April, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. Nice. One minute on the dot. All right, Balian, we are tossing it to you. You got one Boom. minute. Give us your thoughts and your biggest takeaway from UFC 261 this weekend. You ready? Yeah. All right, one minute starting now. Okay, so I think obviously it's going to go down as a marquee event. It's one of those moments in MMA history that we will remember. The return of the crowds, packed main card, packed arena, absolutely electrifying performances, as you mentioned, Pizzi. Usman now, definitely a draw, I think. He becomes more of a celebrity with that KO win. Another one back-to-back, -back, consistent performances throughout the year. This guy is now soaring high, much higher than anyone would have put him way above his initial ceiling, I think, after, you know, he first took that belt off Tyrone Woodley. He doesn't even, you know, wrestle anymore. He can do, he doesn't have to. Valentina Shevchenko, great performance. Nunez, three, the, the round three, I don't think we're going to get it. Maybe in a couple of years, but I don't see why Nunez would take it. It's a possibility. Rose obviously looked phenomenal. So dangerous, especially early catching another opponent cold with a cool knockout. Um, dangerous leg breaks, madness. Seconds. I love it. And doesn't matter how good the event was because we still had Dana White talking about, uh, uh, you know, Paul at the, the, the in the post fight interview. So it doesn't matter. The anyway. goat. <laughs> the goat. Can I just say, Balian just said he loves leg leg breaks, <laughs> which yeah. is the most brutal thing. Come on, and ever my saying as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love when they break their legs. <laughs> good time. It's entertainment. It's gladiatorial. You know. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta celebrate them. They went through a lot of pain, you know. You gotta celebrate the pain. Just otherwise. sitting there, going, it's all Come on, nothing in it. I need a broken limb tonight. It's all fake anyway, PC. What are you talking about? You know, you got a fake leg on. <laughs> all right. So real quick, I'm just gonna appease the crowd because you guys keep typing my name. And Dylan just said, get everyone vote for Lawton on the t uh, one on TNT on, topic. Lawton. Don't do that because I do not know shit about these other four. I will give you about. 20 seconds on my biggest takeaway from UFC 261. So I got a minute starting now. Biggest takeaway. 
Why the fuck are people still hating on Usman after that performance? I don't know about you guys, but everything I see online, people are not calling him one of the greatest, and they are talking shit still. We have just seen what he did to Jorge on a six-day notice and on a full fight camp, and he smoked him. Balian just did the breakdown. We did that, I think, Monday it was, and just watching that analytical like side of it, Usman is unbelievable. So my biggest takeaway is why the fuck are some people still hating on him? Because in my opinion, he is going down as one of the greatest welterweights of all time. So, 40 seconds. That's it. Suck Ooh. it, chat. I did a... Best did a 40 seconds this week. of my life. That was good. Wow. <laughs> it's usually only 20 seconds, but uh, no. What? Wait, what? <laughs> all right. Moving on topic. So, no, I'm not doing the one on TNT one. There you guys go. Hope it didn't uh, suck as a take, but uh, moving on to the next headline of Reyes versus Yuri, which is this weekend as well, and Balian, you are taking this one, so Mm -hmm. you can kind of gather your thoughts. We'll vote on the next one. So, uh, break down this matchup and what it means for either man to win on Saturday between these two. So, Balian, we are tossing it to you. You got one minute on the topic. You ready? Yeah. All right, man. You got (laughs) one minute starting now. All right. Well, first of all, I think this matchup is is, is pretty interesting because a lot of people feel like Yeri is like the newcomer, and you know he's a bit of a, a younger guy. But in reality, he's coming from a you know rising. He has tons of fights. He's only lost like three times. He's beaten um, some of the. He's beaten some really big names, you know. And he's had one UFC fight, and now he's being catapulted into someone who's fought you know two of the of the championship contenders, right? Jones and then uh, Blackovich with. With, with Reyes. So this is an interesting push from the UFC just initially. That's how much they believe in Yuri. Reyes is kind of getting the short end of the stick here again because he's getting a very tough opponent. I think stylistically it should be a good fight. Both guys fight at range really well. Both land people on the end of those shots. Reyes has a lot better kicks. I expect the leg kicks to come in for Reyes, but Reyes only fights very well going forward. If you push him back, he doesn't Ten fight seconds. very well at all. But Yuri, we've seen him knock people out whilst moving backwards, so I think he can fight forward or backward. I'd give the advantage to Yuri in the matchup. Nice. One minute on the dot. All right. Pizzi, same thing. Reyes versus, versus Yuri. Break it down, and what does this mean for either man who wins on Saturday? You got one minute starting now. Certainly the person with the most to gain here is Yuri Prohaska. Yuri during his run in Ryzen, I always thought that he could fit in right at the top of that UFC division, but obviously John Jones was the ominous presence at the top of the division at the time. What we learned from the Vulcan Ozdemir fight with Yuri Prohaska was he can go a bit wild. It, like, you know, we've seen this in Ryzen too, so it was no big shock, but he didn't really mix it up between being conventional and then going wild like he had in Ryzen. It was just completely wild from the first bell until he finished him. And I think Reyes would be looking at that rubbing his hands together because he can land very straight shots. And against a guy who's coming in winging big shots like Yeri does, he can, he'll be very confident that he can keep him on the end of his jab and crack him with the right hand every now and again. Um, I think Yeri needs to find a balance the same way Michel Pereira has eventually from going from wild man to conventional and picking your moments to go wild. I think Yeri can do it if he does that. But otherwise, it's Reyes' fight. Nice. Cool. All right. Love it. Um, Real quick, because I just saw it. Brian Young, you are freaking amazing. $25 super chat saying, thank you, Lawton. You'll always have my Kumite Crunch vote. 
Brian, <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate seeing your name in here every freaking week. And maybe, just maybe, I'll start doing one a week. Well, I'm trying my best, but I got a lot going on, and we all know I'm still trying to break the uh, the casual mentality. So appreciate your donation, though, in Super Chat. Thank you so much. Uh, love having you in here. Um, Lawson, so- money, Vericons. <laughs> oh, my God. How about in, that? In These the tanks house. cost money. These takes cost money. <laughs> money coming if you want Lon to talk. To talk. <laughs> no, we appreciate it, Brian. But that, that's freaking awesome. I, I thought that was a – it could have been a worse take. We'll say that. It was amazing. It was, it was all right. So moving on to the next topic, and this one we are voting on. So chat, who should take it? Balian, Pizzi, put it in the chat right now. It is Pizzi's favorite topic. Aww. One on TNT4. So – Last week's one event was a bit of an easy target target as it lacked star power. Mm-hmm. This week is far more star-studded. What are you looking forward to most here? With one on TNT 4. So, Ooh. let's jump to the chat. I uh, got three for Balian, three for PC. Give it to me. Four for both. All right. Next one or two that come in, I'm going to go. And, oh my God, it's still tied. Literally, you both are getting two in a row. PT, PT, Balian, Balian, PT. All right, next one I see is going in. So, Balian. Someone said Balian. There we go. Yep, there it is. All right. That's it. I don't make the rules, guys. I'm just reading the chat. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Balian, topic of one on TNT four. What are you looking forward to most here? You got one minute starting now. I'll ask you, Lawton, what's not to look forward to, especially if you're a grappling fan or a jiu-jitsu fan. There are some amazing jiu-jitsu competitors on this card. Main event, you have two of the most awesome grapplers outside of the UFC. Ang Lang Song, a uh, phenomenal jiu-jitsu player, does some beautiful sweeps with butterfly hooks, just some beautiful technique on the ground. you got to see him if you've never seen him fight. He just takes mount excellently, pounds people out. He's fighting the Dutch Knight, De Ritter. He's also a great judo player and BJJ player, so that should be a nice grappling matchup, although it'll probably stay on the feet for the majority of the fight. Eddie Alvarez is back, gets redeemed himself, only a month removed from his last fight. That should hopefully be a good one, but if I'm honest, I don't really care. What is he, one and two in one? I'll watch the fight, but it, it, the stakes aren't high on that one. And my man, Shinya Aoki, is fighting one of my favorite fighters of all time, the limb snapper, the fl- the master of flying submissions. Uh, he's on the card, so definitely watch out for him. And he gets redeemed. I lost. Then he lost his title five years ago by knockout. Redemption time for Aoki. And Colby Northcutt's fighting as well, but one-on-one. Let's see. Nice. Cool. On the dot. One minute. Tossing it to you, PT. Again, your favorite topic ever that we've done like three weeks in a row. One on TNT4. <laughs> What are you looking forward to most here? You ready? Yes. All right. One minute starting now. First, big thank you to One Championship who obviously listen to this chat every week because they wouldn't have called in these last minute changes, (laughs) including one of my favorites of all time, the great Rug Rug, (laughs) and giving Eddie Alvarez a chance to redeem himself, as Balian said, because I said, there is no way People in Europe are staying up late to watch these fights. Based on last week's card, there wasn't a draw on site. Christian Lee, that's great. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. But this week, we've got the heavyweight champ. We obviously have Alvarez. We have Rug Rug. We have Shinya Aoki, the legend, of course. Like, I mean, this is a fight card I'm going to stay up for 100%. I'm all over it. And to be honest, the thing that I'm most looking forward to about this is my boy, my Senegalese brother, 
Mr. Rug Rug. I cannot wait to see him back in there. He had a hugely impressive sophomore outing on one on TNT one. So um, it's great to see him back after that 30 second beating he put on that poor deal the last time to destroy another lad who's three and oh his toughest test today. I'm looking forward to that. Sign me up. Nice. Yeah, the uh before it even got to you, the chat was like, Pete's gonna say rug rug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love us some rug rug. Freaking There's some fucking wrong with you if you aren't looking forward to Rug Rug, man. What <laughs> this is pure violence. Like it, it, unbelievable, man. He's like the most powerful human being I've ever seen in these situations. I don't know how you can't fall in love with this dude's story. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and if you want to know more about Rug Rug, you can <laughs> check out me and Lawton's collaborative <laughs> effort on OP Prospects, the next what was it called? The next African the next MMA African, superstar. Yeah, mm-hmm. MMA superstar. Good Love piece. it. Great, great piece. We're not we're not plugging the work that we work super hard on, but because only because a quarter of a million people have already watched it, so it doesn't really matter if you watch it or not. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> we don't need your views. We already got half or a quarter million. <laughs> that video did blow up, man. But seriously, it is a great video. I'm I'm obviously biased, but fantastic. I learned a lot doing that video, so I enjoyed every minute of it. But Moving on to the next headline, and Pizzi, you are taking this one because this is the this is the off vote one. So we got the headline of McDonald in PFL. So will McDonald see the same fate Pettis did last week? Why or why not? So that's kind of what we're talking about. Pizzi, you got your thoughts ready, ready to go? Yes, indeedy. All right, buddy, you got one minute on McDonald and PFL starting now. First of all, I think we should celebrate. Rory McDonald, because of his ability to negotiate himself into these situations with different promotions. Um, after the Wonder Boy fight with the UFC, he managed to broker himself a massive deal with Bellator. He went in there, did what he did, and now I'd imagine it's another huge deal he's just struck with PFL. Now, based on the, the framing of the question about Anthony Pettis obviously losing his debut against Cassius Clay Collard, I think this is very similar because... I think Rory McDonald has a huge advantage over Curtis Melander on the ground. But in striking, I, I really feel as though Curtis is going to be confident he can he can out-jab Rory, despite Rory having a great jab, because of that nose. His nose has been an issue ever since that fight with Rory McDon- uh, with Robbie Lawler at UFC 189. Seconds. And so I, I think Curtis Melander has every chance of upsetting the apple cart here and jabbing his way to victory against Rory McDonald. Mm. nice all right with seconds to spare and now we are tossing it to you balian you got one minute mcdonald and pfl why or why not you ready yep all right man one minute starting now all right i mean i kind of feel for rory a little bit because although he did well in bellator you know he came in and beat douglas lemur and then in the end he lost to him again so it kind of feels like he just went round in a circle you know he was back to where he started so i'm not surprised that he's making a move out to another promotion i like like pc said i think he will have trouble on the feet melander is a big guy six foot three that's a lot bigger than rory he has a very long reach will pop him with those straight shots but we've seen rory just battle through striking range to secure takedowns and he's gonna have to do that in this fight unless he can leg kick and set up you know shots on the inside and then close that range i think he's gonna be in a tough tough position also curtis he i think he went two and two maybe in the ufc i I don't think that's right but he only had a couple of fights maybe three and two even but he wasn't in his prime then and he's definitely coming more into his own as a mixed martial artist i think it's going to be a tough test for rory but i think he can i think he can do it i think he has the veteran savvy to to secure the win but you you never know man either (laughs) cool 
All right. Landed on the dot. So that brings, unless you guys, do you guys have any afterthoughts on that or ready to move on to our, the, the hot topic? He should just Iminari roll. Ooh, yeah, fine. I was going to ask it. Fine. Did you see the return of the, the coveted Iminari roll we saw fail miserably against Wonderboy <laughs> in his last UFC fight. It's very fancy, though. It cool. is. It looks incredible. What? Oh, you're talking about the Mar- Iminari roll? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, the, the favorite headline, and we are. <laughs> We are voting on this one. Jason's commentary is spectacular on this one, so just, just we're just gonna close the Kumite crunch out in a in a banging fashion. So, chat, now is your time to vote. Who should take this last headline? Should it be Pizzi or should it be Balian? Go ahead and put that in the chat now. We got the headline of Jake Paul versus Dana, and I quote literally what Jason said. This little fucker managed to actually say something decent. What do you make of his points about fighter pay towards Dana? End quote. So that was uh, that was wow. what uh, PT was. Uh, Tell us how you really feel, Jay. At. Yeah, this little fucker. So, all right, let's go to the chat. Let's see. Ooh, lot of PTs. Well, PT might be winning it this Paul. week. Why would it be? Uh, yeah, it's it's your best friend, uh, old 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 Jakey. <laughs> Yeah, problem child. That is the problem child. She is. All right, PC, <laughs> you win it. You are starting off the headline, Jake Paul versus Dana, about his comments with fighter pay. You got one minute starting now. Jake Paul is playing the MMA community like a fiddle. This is unbelievable. Like We knew what he was trying to do from the get-go, but they can't help themselves. And Daniel Cormier couldn't help himself on fight night last Saturday night. And this is all playing in the Jake Paul's hands. Do you see the smile on his face when he's listening to that fuck Jake Paul chant? He is loving it. You are putting more value on this this guy's name than he had before the Askren fight. And obviously he has a lot more now. But the thing that we should commend him for, I don't think we've ever seen a guy that's so high profile, like Jake Paul is, unquestionably, no doubt about it, talk about the collective lack of payments fighters are getting yes we've seen conor mcgregor broker for himself yes we've seen all these fighters nate diaz all these dudes broker for themselves we've never heard such a high profile voice like the problem Giles talking to dana white and eviscerating him over fighter pay which is absolutely the right thing to do so thank you jake paul the savior of combat sports thank you for helping us thank you for helping the mma world the savior of combat sports that, that should be his name jake the savior of combat sports paul saves boxing now he's back to save mma he's like a modern day superman <laughs> <laughs> all right balian wrap us wrap the kumite crunch up give us your thoughts on jake paul versus dana and the comments about fighter pay you got one minute starting now I think PC's completely right. I mean, he is just trying to get a reaction out of the MMA community with literally everything he does, and it's working every step of the way. The fact that he aggravated DC into that confrontation <laughs> is just... It's hilarious, but it works. Now, Dana's comments were, you know, he, disregarding, saying he didn't think he actually made as much money as he did declare. But even if he didn't make as much money in that pay-per-view with Ben Askren, it doesn't matter because he's using his position to push for fighter pay. And I think the UFC pay their fighters, what, 16% of their total revenue, which is a ridiculously low number. And this is something that's been going around the MMA community for a while. And many people disregard it. When John Jones was talking about, I want this amount of money, so many people gave him stick. It's complete bollocks. Like, a 
100% he deserves that amount of money. I think the NFL was like 50% even or somewhere around there for their athletes. It's ridiculous. They should both get 10 mil. No questions asked. I'm with Jake Paul on this one 100%. Like that's, yeah, that's it. I'm done now. You don't even you don't even need the last five seconds. No. <laughs> even even Bailey, like the like I think people don't understand. Like everything is a troll with this guy. That mm. numbers thing is a troll to get people to go, you didn't fucking do and Dane is yeah. falling for it. He's like, those fucking guys, who's there? Who's there to re- regulate these numbers? Yeah, it's all just playing into his hands. You're dead right. Everything he does, it, it's calculated. Like I don't like he doesn't strike me as the most intelligent man in the world, but when it comes to getting eyeballs. He's a genius. Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's no doubt about this. Like, I mean, that is a troll. Him saying this sold two million, a little bit less than uh, Habib yeah. and Connor. There's no fucking way yeah. that's all that much. But the fact that he's saying it and people are reacting to it, the fact that he's saying he would knock Daniel Cormier out cold and Daniel Cormier is seething, it's all to just make us go, no, you can't. No, you can't. And then he go and book a fucking boxing match against CM Punk and we'll be like, please, CM Punk, please do it for MMA. Please, then he'll get KO'd out cold, and then we'll be like, back to square one. Jake Paul shows up in an event. And do you think the UFC... Here's a question for you, Balin. Do you think the UFC are upset that Jake Paul showed up at UFC 261? Because I certainly no. don't. No, of course not. I mean, they probably invited him. Like, you know, like you know, they gave him a front row ticket. His bollocks, you know. I mean, they know the, 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 the buzz around the guy right now. They're trying to push the sales. I mean, they're always having people to put cameras on in, in the audience. And like you said, you know, he's been involved in his fair amount of beefs over his years as a YouTuber. Not that that's, you know, physical confrontations, but it's in the public eye and it's playing with words and taunting communities and aggravating people into making mistakes or doing something stupid that makes them look bad. Like, that's how you win those arguments online, you know. And I still find that people dismiss him as as a YouTuber. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's what he did for a living. But like, how many people have reached that level on YouTube that he has done? Like, the number is really small. So like, there's a lot of people that kind of elevate themselves above him by sort of saying, oh, he's just a YouTuber. But it's like, yeah, but you know, you're not like at the same level of success as he is. And there's a very, very small amount of people that are so they're kind of putting him down a bit when they say that, but there's a lot of skills that come with that. I'm sure that help for this kind of promotion and sort of, yeah, have been guiding him towards, uh, to our aggravations, I guess, really. But yeah, I'll stop talking now. Cause now I'm just drooling. But, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I, I completely agree. Like, I mean, yeah, people do try and discount everything is done throwing the YouTube thing at him, but like it or lump it. He is one of the most talked about people in the fight game right now. I don't think that's even questionable. Like this guy, and I said it to just in case you didn't hear this, I said it to Jay when this fight was announced that this is going to become a bigger thing. It's not just going to be these one night of events and he goes in and KOs Askren. Like this was always going to turn into something bigger for me. And he kind of has the MMA community by the balls at the moment because. <laughs> They can't help themselves. Like you, you know yourself. When you're involved in this industry, you put up something. There's always someone trying to fight, like counter, blah blah blah. This is the perfect thing for them. This is just a punching bag that's going to be there forever. And the more you hit it, the happier the punching bag becomes. Apparently, so it, it, it's just. Oh, look, and he's not going to take a hard fight. If Daniel Cormier oh, decides never. tomorrow that yeah, okay, I'm going to box Jake Paul. Jake Paul is going to call an audible so he doesn't have to fight him. Like he's never, yeah. he's never going to fight Nate Diaz. He's never no. going to fight. Conor McGregor, unless Conor McGregor, you know, is completely a down and out in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. which, which I don't imagine he will be based on this sale of proper 12 and everything like that. These fights are never going to happen. 
like Floyd Mayweather, he is only going to take, and this is the only similarity he has to Floyd Mayweather. He keeps on trying to make other ones. The only similarity I can see that he has to Floyd Mayweather is he will not go and sign for a fight that he doesn't absolutely 100% know he can win. Of course, that's, yeah. That's the way I see it playing out. Didn't yeah, the and by the time he fights Connor, he'll probably be competitive because it'll be like five years. <laughs> He's now had like eight <laughs> years of boxing experience. Fifty-six-year-old Connor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> so no, let's play a game here, actually, Bellion. Based on that, the fact that we know that he will not fight anyone good in boxing from the MMA community, who would you like to see him fight next? <laughs> <laughs> like, who do I think he'll actually fight, or who do I think? Yeah. Who, who who's, a, put... who's a genuine possibility, like? I mean, I don't think CM Punk is a realistic option. No, that's no, interesting, right? I mean, there's, there's not. I'd have to have a proper thing. Wait, what, you, who do you think? Let me have a think about this. I think someone who is on the back nine of their career, or maybe back three of their career, someone like Phil Baroni, um, right? That okay, will, that will come in. That like obviously was known for his punching power back in the day, mm-hmm. but has been shown to be a bit, you know, on the downside. Hasn't fought in a long time, and anything that's really huge but is a name an iconic name to to some hardcore fans in the mma community that's who i see him going for someone that's aged well beyond their sell by date someone who who has won by ko earlier in their career and someone who really needs a payday unfortunately um how about like anderson silver <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> what would happen <laughs> that would be good right can you imagine but he's fighting there julio cesar yeah, chavez yeah which is ridiculous because he's fighting julio cesar chavez jr right like the oh, son shit. Not, yeah sorry sorry right yeah. not the dad which is <laughs> the dad is fighting on the same night bailing why isn't he fighting addison silver because he's 82 or something <laughs> yeah, but it's still you know i don't know i don't know who jake paul will fight they'll find someone though and when they find someone it'll be like oh yeah okay cool yeah right like, we need someone who sense. can talk a bit you know, we need the problem is, is it bad that I think that if he fought Tyron Woodley, he might beat Tyron Woodley? Oh, because he's bigger and he's longer and in like a straight. I mean, like if the, if that fight took place in, in like two years, maybe or maybe like a year and a half, I reckon he could probably beat Tyron Woodley. Like, I mean, I, I, I think <laughs> I'd be a lot more confident with Woodley going in against Jake Paul than I was with Askren. Like, of I, call it the, yeah. I call it the first week that like there's no way and. I guess the press conference and things, like as much as we should be jaded by this and not and take it with a pinch of salt, I, I thought he was in Jake's head mm. in these press conference situations and stuff like that. He wasn't. Um, I'm starting to think Jake was playing me during those press conferences, even to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll fight go with is this. <laughs> You're, this is the fucking that. fight game, bro. I just keep saying that to everyone now. So, anytime I'm wrong in an argument, that's what I say. This is the fucking fight game, bro. And everyone's like, what are you talking I think Ben Askren thought it was all a bit of a joke, right? And then it's kind of, it was. This is the one thing, right, that makes you feel bad about this. Because I can't believe how far you've taken this conversation, by the way. Like, this is by far the longest segment. Oh, no. I hope Jay's in the comments because this is all for him. Um, I guess that the flip side of this is, man, I heard Stephen A. Smith, who was obviously adored by MMA fans talking about Nate Robinson and he said like he hasn't actually shown up in public since that KO and that's a guy like that's uh, like a supreme athlete unbelievable NBA player for, played for the Knicks for years and years and the fact that he went into this fight and we're all kind of looking at it as entertainment because that's what it is it's not real fight it, it's entertainment but the problem is 
there are real ramifications to this entertainment. And I think that's the issue. I'm glad I've seen Ben Askren talking clearly and uh, with, with perfect diction afterwards, seems in a good place. That's I'm happy to see that. But that's the one thing. Someone like Nate Robinson, what's going on with him? I feel a bit weird. I was only listening to him on a podcast on The Athletic the other day, and I was like, wow, this man talks very well. And now nobody's heard of him. That's that's the danger, unfortunately. Yeah, more public humiliation. Why don't yeah. you just retire and just like play golf or just smoke a bunch of weed? <laughs> because he something. makes people want to kick the fuck out of him so bad. Look at Daniel Cormier just shaking on the spot. Just like, this isn't a game, bro. <laughs> yeah, when he was on the broadcast, he's like, I told him, Joe, I'd slap him. He's like, I know you will. Like, you can't just slap people, DC. You'll get arrested for assault. There is nothing more I'd like assault. to see than DC beating the shit out of Jake Paul. Don't get me wrong, but that is how he has us by the balls. Of course, I understand. Because we're going to tune in every time hoping hoping against hope that he somehow loses but because he's so brilliant at boxing it's never gonna happen yeah exactly yeah well class all right moving away from that topic i'm gonna for bring a it little back bit. i'm bringing it back somehow we're not finished i i, I figured you would we, we still got over or about an hour left but we got two super chats i want to get to real quick and we are going to dive into just the general chat after this so if you guys have any questions topics thoughts hot takes <laughs> something that's not Jake Paul, please go ahead and ask it. I'll kind of be watching the the comments and then kind of feeding, feeding Bailey and then a PT some questions. But Roger P, two super chats, five bucks each. You are the man. Good to see you again. Uh, first Thanks, one is, mate. thank God for summer break. I can finally watch live. Wish I could show this to my students. Any chance of adding a second live chat in evening time? My gut says probably not. This Only- is evening time. Yeah, I was I was was about to say I don't know where you are, Roger. So Jason, like we said earlier, is about he's in London right now, kind of apartment shopping. He just got approved a few weeks ago. He'll be moving to the UK, um, literally at the end of end of May, I think, is the timeline. So, anyways, all that to say, we've got everyone that'll be doing these things besides myself will be on UK time or somewhere around there, which is six hours ahead of the states. So. This is evening for them. I don't think they will probably do an evening time for America um, just because that would be, what's that? They'd be pushing like midnight for you guys. So mm. probably not, but who knows? We got a lot of lot of stuff changing and good change um, in the near future. So maybe, but my instinct says probably not just because they're all going to be London-based here or UK-based more so um, in the future. Ireland-based. Ireland, yeah, Ireland, UK, whatever. It's all, it's, I'm an American. It's all the same over there. I don't know. No. Fuck but, uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, a second one from Roger P, though. Uh, John Bones Jones has a contract. He's already f- refusing. Why offer more? He never had a million pay per views. Offer young fighters more? Question mark. Hell yes. JBJ, hell no. I'd rather repeat Lewis. So. I don't know how in the name of God anyone. Like, this is so weird to me. The amount of people who who agree with someone like Dana White who says Derek Lewis is the fight to make. Like, I can understand it, right? Individually, Lewis and Nganu are fantastic. Like, you know, brilliant to watch. Together, they had the biggest, the shittest fight in heavyweight history, pretty much. It was fucking awful. To the point where both of them don't even want to talk about it, right? Like, when this is brought up, they're both like, I wasn't even there. I wasn't there. I don't know what was going on. Um, it can only improve on that, right? But I don't think people understand how big Bones Jones v. Ngannou is. And, and look, the reason why you give you give someone like uh, 
John Bones Jones a lot of money in this situation is because he is putting his legacy on the line. And if Ngannou manages to beat him, which I think is a huge possibility based on what we've seen lately from Francis, he inherits that legacy. So it kind of crushes the the visual of John Jones being the greatest active fighter of all time in this sport because Ngannou will have flatlined him probably. Like, I mean, I don't expect him to win a, a decision if he fights John Bones Jones. And on the flip side of that, if John Bones Jones beats Francis Ngannou, there is no more argument. It's it's literally, it's gone. If if he can go up to heavyweight in his first fight at heavyweight and beat Francis Ngannou, who looks like an immovable object despite not having def- defended his title at all, it's it's the biggest fight I think they can make. That's including Conor McGregor, all that stuff. I think it's honestly the biggest fight they can make. And if they want to make Francis Ngannou an icon, this is the this is how they do it. And look, it doesn't go away, I guess. It doesn't go away if, if they do Derek Lewis and Ngannou first. But at the end of the day, that's going to be the fight that all the fans want to see. I honestly don't understand fans who right now are saying I'd rather see Lewis and Ngannou rather than Ngannou v. Jones. I really don't. Yeah. Balin, you got some thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, Pete, immediately after the fight against Stipe, I was on the camp of, oh, let Jones wait, you know, let's have let's have Derek Lewis fight. But now we are further removed from it. I feel like if you you can't not make that fight. Like what first of all, if you make the Lewis fight, you risk right the Ngarnu yeah. fight against Jones. Like that's just too big of a risk. And I think there's already enough time has passed. Like Lewis can wait on the fence and then just take the winner. There's there's no harm in that. He's earned a title shot. Fine, let these two fight and then give him the shot. Like worst case scenario, you have the rematch, which is actually a great fight anyway against Ngannou. And you know, in, in any other case, he gets to fight Jones. Like there's no there's no harm in, in getting Derek Lewis to sit out. You know, it, he's not really gonna age out in that time. And as long as Jones is ready, then yeah, make that fight right now. Make the fight and then go from there. Let that play out and see. You can't risk that fight. It's one of the greatest fights of all time. It'd probably be one of the best selling fights of all time. And and anyone who says that they don't deserve the money they're asking for, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Like it, it's going to sell more than these boxers who get paid way more than these guys right like a similar like it's just gonna people need to go and do their research on how much percentage these guys make and how much money they draw in not just pay-per-view sales but all across the business so yeah i think i think 10 million is is a reasonable amount to ask for um 30 million i mean i don't know it depends on what it sells right i mean i I wouldn't i would have i wouldn't make that claim until i'd looked at previous records and selling numbers and made a prediction but i think yeah they should just pay them what they want and make the fight like like you said he's risking his legacy this is about everything john jones has ever done um and you know he could get knocked out not only lose his career but like you know lose part of his life right he might get pretty pretty messed up so i think it's fair i think it's fair and i think if you argue with me mate yeah i'll come down there yeah and i'll show you what you know so i think yeah (laughs) but this is bailey makes a great point because before the the um, Jones and Nganu thing has picked up steam again and obviously did before and it didn't come to fruition and now we have this standoff again but the fight in between that that was kind of touted as this is the biggest fight the UFC can make was Israel Adesanya v John Jones Izzy goes up to 205 and loses and there goes the fight nobody is I haven't heard a person utter the 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 words Israel Adesanya v. John Jones since the week after that fight when we were all lamenting the loss of Israel Adesanya v. John Jones. Mm-hmm. So, as Balian says, 
getting Jones to, sh- to to sit out here and putting Lewis in could have completely destroyed the, the fight ever happening. Whereas removing Lewis from the situation and putting Jones in doesn't really cost us anything as a fan base. So that I'm completely with you. And that was a great point, Balian. 100% we could lose the whole fight if they do mm-hmm. Derek. Because Derek is like, yeah, okay. Like on paper, you're going, yeah, Nganu beats Derek. Like, I mean, he seems to be far more composed, seems to have a lot more, um, you know, going for him on the back of the Stipe fight. But Lewis doesn't need to be good for 25 minutes. He needs to be good for one second. And yeah. I honestly think he could knock out Nganu. I really yeah, do. I think like he, he could I, knock anybody out. He's knocked out more yeah. people than anyone ever in the heavyweight division. You know, so. Holy shit, has he? That's incredible. Yeah, he's got the most knockouts ever in a heavyweight. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I just think, um, like, I mean, people are like, you know, oh, it's going to, like, I, I saw Chael Sonnen talk about, like, we don't know how much this is going to sell. I can guarantee you it's going to sell a shit ton more than Derek Lewis v. Francis Ngannou. Yeah. And, and it's if, not going to be the only fight on the card as well. Like, they're going to yeah. get something else big on there for sure. And, and like, Pavekin v. Dillian White, like, and just to just to chime in on the back of Balian's point, like, I don't think they did half a million pay-per-views and they both got paid five million each. So why the fuck can't we pay John Jones for something that will, I, I think, 100% break a million uh, pay-per-views? Yeah. And I know he hasn't done it before, but you got to stop, like, gauging everyone beside Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor makes a whole lot more than 10 million for a fight as well. A we're whole a lot different, more. We're in a different place of MMA now as well. It, it's risen rapidly throughout the course of this pandemic as one of the only sporting entertainments that has been on. It's, I think it's super visible. I think you've only got to look at the energy and just the buzz around the event we just had. I think it, I think MMA is, is reaching a new peak in, in its popularity and the return of the fans is only going to just make every event that much better for everybody. Yeah, and Jake Paul being there, of course. Sorry, oh, moving on. God. Imagine the gate as well. The gate for that fight. Cares about pay-per-view buys. We can have a gate again, guys, right? That's a huge amount of money. I'd say what you just said, right? The 10 million thing. What what I've heard people batting it around is 15 million, right? So that's that's where he's kind of standing at. So why don't you pay him a guaranteed 10 million and then put the points on? Because you're probably going to make the five off the points. Of course, yeah. So, I mean... That, that's what I do with him. I think you got to play ball, though, because the UFC, as you said, have done a great job of making the world pay attention to them over the last year, right, with this pandemic shit and all this stuff. So I think the way to maximize that now is to make... And look, it's not a bad decision from the UFC's point of view. You've been relying on Conor McGregor so heavily for so long. You're going to create a new star here. You're going to you're gonna either throw fuel on the John Jones fire or create an icon in Francis Ngannou. Bring the man to Africa, do one of the most mm-hmm. iconic fights of all time. I just don't know how they aren't seeing this this way. I, I really don't understand it. Yeah. So we got a few super chats. I want to kind of hammer through real quick. So I'll kind of read them and toss them to you guys if you guys got any thoughts. So first one is from Wilhelm Meister, $4.99. Thank you so much, Wilhelm. Or Wilhelm, sorry. Uh, the UFC clearly wanted to use 261 to appeal to the Chinese market. Do you think they failed since all four Chinese fighters on the card lost decisively? So, y'all got any thoughts on that? Did that kind of hurt hurt the UFC's plan? Do you think they were kind of appealing to the Chinese market? Got I mean, they were, st- they were stacking ahead, the card right. like they do under their main event, right? They do that a lot. They do that very often, but... What can you do? They lost. Like, I mean, you can try and appeal to a market, but if your fighters coming out of that region are losing, there's ultimately nothing you can do. I mean, Irish MMA, Pete, it was huge at one time, but then everyone started hey. losing, right? So, you know, <laughs> you know, you had to, you had a lot, you, they would stack a lot of cards with the same talent. And 
they did that and unfortunately they just didn't 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 get the wins you know they were all given tough opposition and opponents i mean i don't really know what to say yes i think they probably tried to appeal somewhat to the chinese market not as much as putting an event in china or putting it on at a time that would be more suitable for them but what can you do if, you, if they can't win they can't win yeah. and i think i think the ufc did a great job in a very short period of time in china you know the fact that zhang wai li rose up and became the champion in such a short amount of time I thought that was amazing because they had invested so much. They put the PI over there. This is all infrastructure that will last way beyond UFC 261. And we we definitely haven't seen the last of China in MMA. My God, no way. We have the leech, your song, your dong, all these people. And, and look, they might not be on winning streaks at the moment, but there's clear potential there. Zhang Li is not going anywhere. Yes, that was a terrible knockout, but we've seen champions be knocked out and come back again. Rose Nami Yunus was one of them. So, look, uh, look, this happens sometimes. Of course, they wanted to appeal to the Chinese market, but they still did in a way, right? Like, they've still made the eye, they put the eyeballs on the event because of these people. And I think it's definitely not the last we've heard from Chinese MMA <coughs> and Irish MMA. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's just a little, little Irish plug there. But uh, cool. Awesome. So, thank you, Wilhelm, again for that. We got Jay Tivo, the OG. Whoop. Five euros. Uh, who does Nick Diaz come back to get an ass whooping against? I've said it for years. He'll get Ronda'd on his return, and no one oh, wants to admit it. Ronda, that is harsh, JT. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Hot take, I like and I Hamza love it. Fight. Kill me. Kill me. I like the Hamza fight because for the Diaz brothers, you've got to dangle a big carrot. Mm. And you've got to give them something that they can make a huge amount out of. And he, look, Hamza looks sensational. Right now, if the fight's booked, I put my money on Hamza. But if you think Nick Diaz is not on a different level to absolutely every single person Hamza has faced in the UFC, you're delusional. And look, I think, I think, wait, what's, like, where's the big gains made from other fights? Like, I love the Robbie Lawler 2 fight as well, but it doesn't actually, Nick Diaz doesn't gain as much from beating Robbie Lawler again than he does from beating this guy that nobody thinks they can beat. Like, the fans don't think he's going to be beaten. He's the next Habib. All this bullshit. That is a huge carry. It reminds me of Connor and Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz and Pettis, stepping in at the right time to get the biggest opportunity and the biggest gain. I don't see why not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, yes, you could put him against someone who's already fought or a veteran or like Condit or something like that. But ultimately, where's the payoff? You know, like Diaz brothers are so smart when it comes to things like this and people discredit them for it. But this is the best time to fight someone like Hamza. Like, like you said, huge name, right? everyone's counting them out so you know if you do beat them it's going to be so talked about and the dudes just have covid and he's only had two fights in the ufc if he's had 10 fights in the ufc yeah don't take that fight 10 fight on beaten street yeah maybe stay away pick someone else but he's only had two you can catch him you know at a perfect moment in his career where you can maybe show him a thing of two keep put him in some adversity that he's never been in this is a really smart time to take this fight you know i think it's a pretty good matchup if he loses he loses guys i'm sorry He's one of the greatest ever or whatever. Well, maybe not, but, you know, he's a great fighter. He really is a, a, a unique talent. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he can't win. And if he does, you know, how many fights has Nick got? Like 
three, maybe. He might just have one. But if he has three and he beats Robbie, like, then what? Then you got to put him against someone like Hamza anyway. You do Hamza straight away. You beat him. <laughs> boom. You can go. You can take any fight you want. No excuses. No one's going to say shit. You can say you can do whatever you want after you beat Hamza. You can fight. Maybe not fight for the belt, but you can fight someone big and we can gauge Nick. I, I like it. I think it's a good fight. I know people are saying he's being fed and maybe he is. But in the same way, this, I think, is the perfect time to take this fight. And that's that's it, Bailey. And like he's gonna be looking at the people going, like he's being fed to this guy, and it's gonna be fueling him. He's gonna be boiling inside watching this. Like, and one thing that's gonna be very different for the fan base, just in terms of the matchup, is Nick Diaz is gonna march forward and stand in front of this dude. He's gonna try and back Hamzad up so he can't move forward and try and wrestle, he can't move forward and land the big pot shot. Like, I like Nick. I'm gonna say I like Nick Diaz's style against Hamzat. Just based on what we've seen, it's been three fights in the UFC, Balian, but you can't be excused because, I mean, you can be excused because he fought like once, uh, he fought twice in the matter of days or some shit during the Fight Island series, the first one. So, I mean, I, I think, look, you, you're the analyst here. Am I crazy here in terms of just like thinking about that matchup? He's going to march forward and it's going to make it very difficult for Hamza to do the things that we thought like he's really good at, right? Takedowns and, and moving people back and then hitting them with the big pot shot. Like he's not gonna have that same control over Diaz, I don't think, when he's kind of in that uh, stalking mode, moving forward, trying to hit the shot. I think it's gonna be a lot more difficult. It really depends on, on, on the physical presence of Hamza. He's a big guy, right? He, he's long, he's rangy, and he hits very hard. We've seen him. So how good is Nick's chin? It's always been great, but the guy's been aging and out. He's been partying. Sure, maybe he's taking a bunch of time off, and that helps. I really can't gauge how good his chin is because we know Hamza has literal one-punch knockout power. And if he cracks him when he's trying to push forward, it's going to do a ton of damage. And I think Nick is obviously very good on his back, but he's also been controlled and held there before in previous fights. Like The question is, is he better than he was? I mean, he certainly physically looks better. He looks like he's in better shape, but I mean, logic would dictate as you age, you tend to age out and, and, and you know, you, you go past your, your prime. I mean, his prime was almost, you know, way back in strike force, you know, that was a long time ago. I mean, how many people re- you know, re-engage into a second peak in their career. Some people, Robbie Lawler, but it's so few, especially in, in the middleweight classes. So I do agree, though, like if Nick can, I think Nick just has to take it past the first round. If he can take it past the first round, it becomes a completely different fight. Hamza rarely, I don't, I have to look at his his fights. I don't think when he's ever been past there. Once. Once, that's what I mean. So if he can give him some adversity, maybe get him to doubt himself a little then he can start to really implement that pressure forward style and if he gets him going back with pizza i believe yeah i 100 agree with you if he can get him going backward without risking you know the big shots then definitely that's a great style to beat hamzat pushing backwards make him work just keep tagging him keep hitting him and you know like he might be he might be a little unsure of himself i mean the man said he retired that's how much he felt like he couldn't compete right like you've only got to tap into that a little bit you know it's such a mental game at the highest level everyone's got the skills but to be able to execute to be able to believe in what you're doing to be able to say no this guy's trying to hit me but i'm going to hit him first and i'm going to hurt him and i'm going to win this fight it's so mental so if he can push through and crack Hamza a little in that way then yeah i definitely think he can win and and just in terms of iconography diaz brothers obviously two of the biggest icons in the history of our sport but for him to come back after so long off and beat the ufc's golden boy mm-hmm. how much yeah. does that play into anti-hero yeah. iconography of the diaz brothers it's 
It's perfect. Book it. Book it's it. Like Book me. it. No, I don't care. So speaking of this, I just I'm reading ahead. Brian Young also gave a super chat for four dollars and ninety nine cents, saying Dana said Nick Diaz wants to fight. Who do y'all want to see him fight if he returns? So we've kind of we've kind of talked about that obviously with Hamzat or Hamzat. Um, who else though? Just to kind of give Brian Young some love with this question. Who else if Hamzat is not the answer? Who do you guys think is a potential for Nick? Lawler. Lawler's got to be top of the list for me. Mm-hmm. If it's not Hamzat, give me Lawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say if you're not going to give him a chance to like do something spectacular, to do something historical, like beat Hamzat and then go from there to somewhere else, and then you just give him a fight that people can watch and be entertained by, and it's something like Lawler, or maybe even something like Masvidal. I, I wouldn't be mad at the Masvidal fight. I think, um, mm. I think Masvidal's a pretty dangerous guy, but I think Nick could weather the storm and, and potentially win that fight but yeah I, I honestly i like i would rather he tries to you know dares to be great to quote the great izzy i'd rather he dares to be great <laughs> yeah. and fails than we just see him once in a fight that we don't really you know respect maybe as much i'd rather he dared to be great and failed you know and put on a good performance i have one suggestion actually hear me out here it's only gonna be two words Jake Paul. mike perry yeah, I would watch Mike Perry fight him for sure. Yeah, that that's a great fight. Crazy. Yeah, that would be absolutely <laughs> a great, great fight. Man. Imagine the shit talking out of that fight. It would be <laughs> They'd beat the shit mental. out of each other. Oh, oh so much blood. A blood orgy. That's <laughs> as, as not the comment I was expecting. All right, blood orgy. You heard it here first, guys. MMA on point. We'll see you next week. No. Um, for the we, book. Got a, we just got a few more super chats to catch up to, and then we'll jump back into the general chat. Um, so air cool. I think I looked this up. I think it's Philippine pesos, 125 of them. I think that's the currency. I Googled the symbol. I'm really not familiar with that, but thank you for your super chat regardless. And they said, what do you think happens with TJ backing out of the Sanhagen fight? Personally think personally, I think Sanhagen versus Jan for interim while Aljo heals. It's every day, bro. All caps. Oh yeah. So. What a tune. Man. <laughs> every day, bro. is my favorite Jake Paul song. <laughs> Among numerous, of course, um, because he is such a hit factory of a man on top of being one of the greatest fighters in the world. Sorry, Bailey, go ahead there. Oh, you want me to take it? Um, what was the question? You just so, thrown me right off. So, yeah, he, yeah, I had to reread it. What do you think happens with TJ backing out of the okay, same okay, yeah. fight? Okay. Um, I need to have a look who's who's booked at 135. Um, I think it really sucks. I, I think Sanhagen is right there, man. He's right there. I don't know if you heard him on Joe Rogan, but he sounds mentally in a really good place and ready to to push towards the top of that division. Um, I, I don't hate the matchup. I don't hate uh, Peter Yan versus him. I, I I mean, ultimately, if you want to win the belt, you got to beat that man, right? I don't know if he if he could. It would be an interesting matchup. He's very slick on the outside, so I feel like he he would prevent. He would. Pre- there aren't many people that I would pitch to outstrike Peter Yarm in that division, but I could see Corey Sanhagen being one of the few people to do it. Cody could do it, but Cody would have to bang a little bit more, get a little bit more on the inside. That's where all his big shots come from. So I I think Corey could be the man to outstrike him, but Yarm's got such a good patient game and he's very good with the trips. So we saw that in the the Aljo fight. So yeah, I, I, I don't know who else isn't matched up at 135 right now. Do you know Pizzi? No, I think uh, Rob Font is fighting Cody, isn't he? So yeah, he like, is. He's off the table. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. Like, from Sandhagen's point of view, that would be great. Like, if he could get Jan to fight, that would be great. But if I'm Danny Rubenstein and Syed, uh Jan's management team, 
that's the last wait. fucking thing yeah. I'll be asking to do. Because as Balian said, and I completely agree, I would actually say that Sandhagen is Jan's toughest matchup in that whole division. Right now, as it stands, no Henry Cejudo. I think Jan knows he has a fight with Aljamain Sterling whenever he comes back. There is no way the fan base are going to allow anything else to happen unless he fights again and loses. And that, I believe, Sandhagen is a massive banana skin, a potential banana skin for everyone in the division. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Aljamain got an unbelievable win over him, so he's able to put that fight on the back burner for as long as possible unless Sandhagen beats Jan. But if I'm a member of Team Jan, I would not allow him to fight that fight because right now all the fanfare is about Aljamain has to fight Jan. Aljamain already lost to Jan. Jan's going to kill Aljamain if they fight again. So why the hell would you sacrifice that for a payday that won't mean as much? Because, of course, if Aljamain loses to Jan, Jan's pay will go through the roof again as a champion. He'll probably get paid a lot more money for fighting a champion anyway. So I think Sandhagen is a banana skin to be avoided if you're Piotr Jan. But if he did do it, if he did come back to fight Sandhagen and beat him, I mean, of course, he gets he gets even more um, fanfare behind him. But is it? Is it worth risking a title shot over? That's the question, and I don't think it is. Uh, who's Aldo fighting? Aldo. Ooh. Oh, I like that. This is a good fight. I want Aldo to fight Cruz. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm going to quickly check you, Aldo, if Aldo's booked, actually. Um, Jimmy Rivera's been looking pretty good. Huh? Jimmy Rivera has been looking pretty good. Yeah, he looked great against Munoz, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, I, I don't know. I think we are, that's where we are with Aldo right now, Bailey, and isn't it? Trying to get the Dominic Cruz fight book pretty much. Yeah, the Sean O'Malley fight. So is the juice worth the squeeze for anyone else there in that top 10? Like For Sandhagen more so than anyone else, because I'd say Sandhagen is just behind Jan and Aljo already. So in the top 10, are any of these really worth it? Dominic Cruz, maybe. But will Dominic Cruz fight in short notice? Absolutely not. Pedro Munoz, no. Frank Yeager, no. Marlon Moraes, no. Sean I think he's in a very rough spot there, to be honest. Sean O'Malley. Oh, fuck. He, yeah, he killed Sean O'Malley. I think <laughs> Sandhagen would have run a riot on O'Malley. But a great fight. I thought that would be a great fight. That would, o- that's O'Malley's a, that's undefeated, though. How would he... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I thought... I your face, you were like... What? <laughs> 14 and Vera, isn't that it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's a tough situation for Sandhagen because as much as TJ Dillashaw is like a whipping boy for the fan base after pissing hot, like there was no doubt about the fact that he brought so much intrigue to that fight. And it worked right. out it worked out the way Jan V Aldo worked out because Jan needed an iconic name to push him over, just get him over with the fan base. And although Sandhagen has looked incredible and in scoring highlight reel knockouts, if he did that against TJ Dillashaw, he would be raised up by the fan base. Look, you taught this guy. This guy was never anything. He was juiced out of his mind. People would have had a field day with it. You know what I mean? And, and I think that was the big gain Sandhagen had before he entered the title fray. So it's a very awkward situation for him. My heart goes out to him. He's a lovely lad. I'd like to see that fight eventually. I want the TJ Cody trilogy baby with no drugs oh my oh you have me with o'malley if o'malley wants to step up on short notice and and fight sandhagen that would be outrageous cool what a great fight 
All right, we got one more super chat, then we'll dive into the regular chat. It's our favorite friend, Dixon Space Cider. Cider. <laughs> so five dollars. Good to see you, Cider. Yes, we love we love our cider. So good to see you. Um, their question is: Imagine how different things would be if Askren didn't get traded for DJ. The Masvidal D, the Masvidal knee, DJ getting need, the Jake Paul fight, Masvidal's big twenty nineteen. So. I'd argue how different yeah it would be if if uh, Henry Cejudo hadn't beaten DJ because that was really the catalyst for everything yeah. right it's in the ends of streak and then the trade happens so there's no Floyd weight division if that yeah, doesn't happen exactly right so that would be insanity right there but um it's, it's yeah. one of the best gifts I think we we ever got as a fan base just to to see that happen. Like and people don't give Askren enough credit for the interest he brought to to events, you know. Like you need an Askren for a Masvidal to happen. Like and I know it means him getting kneed in the head, but it was it wasn't just the KO. We've seen quick KOs. We've seen flying knee. It's because it was Askren, and he helped he helped build Masvidal so much by being the B side to that. And really, I can remember even being in London. I I talked about it in the rivalries piece I did about Masvidal and Usman. And Askren wasn't even fighting, but he was the most interviewed guy there. He was stirring up shit left, right, and center. Leon Edwards was was fighting Gunnar Nelson that night, and all he was asked about was Ben Askren. Jorge Masvidal got pissed off at me for asking about Ben Askren. He, he, he read me the riot act for it and then went on to actually get the biggest biggest pop of his career, probably beating him. But I'd argue that the Askren win was bigger than the Nate Diaz win, despite the BMF and the Rock and all that bullshit. It was still Askren, man, so... It was a huge deal. Huge deal, that trade. The catalyst, for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we are caught up on Super Chats. We still got about a little under half an hour left. So if you guys got any questions or comments, or if you two, PT and Balin, if you guys have anything you want to kind of rant about, let me dive through the chat real quick. Uh, E.G. Neves said uh, you have the sexiest voice in MMA, Alex Balian. Balian. (laughs) Were you about to say something, Balian? I think I cut you off. Do you have a... (laughs) We're not doing the thing where we watch the is it composer's corner i like oh yeah so we're those are those are standalone videos now that the one and only idiot right here is voicing and writing and everything but they go up every wednesday but no we don't do it live anymore sadly that was i kind of liked the live aspect of it. pc did you ever did you ever do yeah. a composer's corner yeah i was like you did one with this you did a few yeah. of them i forget how long you've like I forget how long well, I love, i've been doing this like good lord i love the video feature though as well i mean it's one of my favorite things to watch oh, yeah. on youtube it's um, unbelievable yeah unbelievable and um that's why i'm saying i don't know about this casual moniker anymore i think <laughs> after today's entry uh, uh to, today's entry on the kumite crunch and the fact that you've been doing these op prospects pieces that's hardcore as fuck and composers corner which is hardcore as fuck <laughs> i think we, we gotta change it because of that super chat for 25 dollars. it's lot money virkan from now on <laughs> <Lot> as <far laughs> money veer can't we can we can, we'll see but i i just i'm not a freaking like uh encyclopedia like like you guys are like jason pizza you alex like all of you guys are just like you'll read one little thing and you're like oh yeah 17 years ago when uh and i'm just like hey. you're the money man though Lon. you don't need to know you just need to keep on making that green baby <laughs> making, that, making, that, making that paycheck baby so all right let's see 
Denver Fernandez, question, why didn't you guys, oh, why didn't you guys do a fight competing for UFC 261? The reactions for all the fights would have been amazing. We wanted to, we tried, I don't know if you heard earlier, Jason's actually over um, in the UK right now, kind of apartment shopping. He's moving there next month, and the plan was to get a space um, to do a fight companion over there, but schedule, time, finding location, none of it worked out, so sadly we didn't get to do one. It was a bummer given how freaking amazing that card was, but that's the reason why. Everyone was kind of scattered out from where we usually are, and we just couldn't find a place in time to, to kind of secure it. So That's not that what was, happened. Jay got in a fight with KSI um, outside of the studio. KSI showed up. He wanted to give an opinion on Jake Paul. Of course, Jason, who trained with Jake Paul ahead of this fight, was not having any of it. They ended up getting in a fist fight. <laughs> and that's what happened. And so that was it. In real life, he's really big. He's quite scary. So. <laughs> that was Jay. I mean, uh, yeah. I know he's beat you now. You've, 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 you've obviously met the man, and he beat yeah. everyone. Beat everyone. And like, that's all he ever does. That's, that's his uh, that's his initiation process for for hiring I people did. too. So okay, we got a oh sorry Bailey what? Hopefully we will do more and in, and in studio as well the fight companions. So that'll be yeah yeah once uh once Jason moves over to London next month there's a lot of cool things coming that I don't even know if we can talk about. I think we can, but I'm not gonna open my mouth. But this summer is going to be big. So got a question from Daniel Cooley with African and Russian fighters on the rise. What area of the world do you think the next MMA boom will be? It's actually a pretty good question. I, I think we've only scratched the surface in terms of Africa. Yeah. Like how many, how many African fighters are in the UFC? Not a lot. And it's only really booming now, right? MMA is only taking off in countries like Senegal and stuff like that. And they still have to spread the word more in, in Nigeria and places like that and get these guys into gyms. Um, they're still not dealing with the the infrastructure gyms have like in, in the Western world. That's one thing that will, like, you know, being from Europe, I, I've seen this happen for decades, you know, where we were just a little bit lower on the totem pole in terms of facilities and things like that, knowing how to cut weight, knowing how to prepare, knowing how to peak an athlete, all of this stuff. Like that's going to take years to uh, happen in Africa. And that's when we're really going to see the action happen. Like China right now, we're seeing the fruits of them putting in the PI over there, showing people how MMA fighters prepare themselves. Obviously in Russia, that's been happening for years. They don't need any advice, but I still think we're just scratching the surface when it comes to what's mm -hmm. going to happen in Africa. Like when the UFC do an event there, you're going to see a massive tremor effect for the mm -hmm. decade afterwards. The likes of Nganu, Usman, Israel Adesanya, they're going to breed a whole new generation and it's going to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I think you only got to look at the size of the continent to like yeah. statistically realize how much talent there will be there. Um, if you're talking about like big, big, big booms, then yeah, definitely Africa has got to be the next place you're looking at. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few more people from Central Europe, um, maybe some more fighters from France or Italy, because those countries around there... The legality of MMA is just coming into effect and they are getting a few stars pushed through now as well. And that tends to inspire a couple of people. I mean, Eastern Europe, we've always had a bunch yeah. of MMA athletes coming through. So we'll see if um, if that's a trend. Effect. But yeah, that's only, you know, that's just guesswork. I think Africa definitely is your next hotbed for sure. And, yeah. and just as, as um, Bailey and said that there, like we know that the UFC are dying through an event in France, the first UFC show in Paris, France. We're going to see a litany Bang. of French fighters sign then. 
like Morgan Charrier, I thought would have been top of the list for a long time because of his massive following, his uh, huge audience he grew on YouTube, a la Jake Paul. And then, of course, his fighting skills that we've seen in Cage Warriors. He just lost his title in an incredibly close fight to Vucenic. Um, I think Vucenic is going to fight Hughes next. So that kind of puts the the situation with Charrier on the long arm. But they have so much talent there. You have Charrier from Cage Warriors and, and a guy who I'm absolutely blown away by. He was just recently lost his title too. Two featherweights, Saladin Parnas in KSW. If you want to see a guy who looks like young Anderson Silva, I think he's 21, 22. Absolutely unbelievable. Check him out. Both those guys are going to be in the UFC someday. And I think when they put on this show in Paris, I wouldn't be surprised if they get whipped up with or without their promotional titles that they are vying for at the moment. Yeah. Cool. All right. Got a few more questions. Uh, Deuce Leaf said, sorry, I'm late. What I miss? Everything. You've missed everything. No, you, uh, you did miss Kumite. We talked about Jake, Jake Paul. Paul. That was pretty Jake fun. Paul. We had some badass super chats. So we've kind of no talked problem. about a lot, but we're kind of just going through the general general chat right now. So uh, Air Cool again says, are leg kicks the newest meta that's taking over the sport in general? That's Well, if you'd watch the 10 most evolutionary techniques video on the Ooh. MMA on Point channel, you Ooh. would know that they did make the number one spot actually on that list. So, but I mean, you can watch that list and see all of the techniques throughout the sort of history of MMA, but... But yeah, I mean, but we've always had leg kicks. And we actually have seen people starting to adapt. Uh, you saw um, uh, Usman check the calf kick against Masvidal. And you saw um, Uriah Hall use the new calf kick check against uh, <laughs> Weidman. And he snapped his leg. Like, that's He's the new pretty check. Well. Pretty yeah. well from Yeah. He, uh, here, let me, I'll demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Go on, Valian. You stand up. And instead of lifting your leg up, you keep your lead leg planted and you lean forward into the check. So it's like, like, it's like that. Rather than that, you, you lean. You push. Are you watching Conor McGregor? So it's a, it's a new technique. People are finding ways. So here we go. Send it to Conor. Very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That is interesting. It's just, um, I'd say, I'd say the big problem there for fighters is if they're preferring for the more, uh, um conventional leg kick i'd say it's just muscle memory right getting used to actually moving your body in that way to to eat those blows but um yeah chris weidman holy shit we didn't really talk about that <clears throat> that was i remember you saying you, you actually you didn't like seeing the um the croup one ankle more one, right because yeah. you suffered a similar injury yeah i just i hate ankle rolls they're horrible i just oof. did that it just, ever... it, i don't know what it, it just makes imagine me just... telling chris weidman this balian's gone to see him in hospital and be like yeah, did you see the fight or whatever? And Bateman's like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as Cruz, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just for me. Just for me. Like, the, the Weidman one, I was like, oh, dear God. Like, oh, God. Not again. Oh, poor Weidman. But the Cruz one, I was just like, ah, oh, oh. Just the whole, like, like it's just too much. I just don't like it. I don't know what it is. It's just something about knowing how that sensation is and not being able to, like, ah, oh, oh, I don't know. I just feel it. It's awful. So I didn't look into it. What was Cruz? Was it a nerve injury or what happened there? Bateman said it was his knee. Something in his knee, which was probably nerve related down to the Because that's what Joe ankle. was saying live. He was saying it looks like a nerve damage because yeah. he just like lost control. Was it that drop foot thing again, was it? Huh? Was it that drop foot thing again? That, uh, the that, perennial uh, nerve, I believe. is Actually, someone corrected me. It's not perennial. It's like pernervial or something. But I think I got corrected. Actually, Can't spell it. I, I, I Let's have a look. <laughs> Calf kick nerve. Um... 
uh, uh, let me just type the word perennial in. Uh, <laughs> perennial means like perennial toilets and men are always in the mix. Yeah, peronial maybe. Maybe it's I think what I said actually means something else. Peron peronial, yeah, it's peronial. Peroni's great beer, man. Lovely yeah. beer. Lager, man. We talk about. But it's um it's really hard seeing that happen to Weidman. And I know like man, I saw some media members like kind of celebrating the fact that happened to Weidman because of what happened with Anderson Silva, and you're like, mate, that oh. is that is not the type of thing to be jumping up and down about. I couldn't actually look at the replays until the day after. Because I, I saw it, like, happen, right? And I was like, oh, fuck, that's him. Like that, I was like, that's the end of Chris Wyvern. Like, that's his career gone. What a way and to go out for a former champion. And and then the the replays were showing. And I could hear everyone else in the room going, oh, oh, Jesus. And I was like, I'm not fucking watching that. There's no way, man. This is traumatic enough, this industry. I can't watch that shit on replay. Yeah. That was uh that was definitely not. I uh, I had a few friends come over and we uh went outside to smoke cigars between those two fights, the Weidman and then the was what was right before that the Hall fight. No, it was uh, Jimmy or, Crew, the Anthony Smith, and then it was Weidman v Uriah Hall, and then it was so, Rose Yeah, right. Oh, before sorry, the, Valentina. That was oh duh. So right before the Weidman leg break, like four of my friends went outside to smoke cigars, and there were two um, friends still inside. And we didn't know the fight had started. All of a sudden, we hear, ah! And one of our friends runs out, and because they don't really watch MMA. We were just kind of hanging out. And they were just like, leg snapped. And I was just like, fuck, we missed it. So we, we came back inside and saw the replay. And I was like, holy shit. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was pretty, pretty gnarly. So we got about 10, 12 more minutes left. Uh, El Laliette, good to see you as always, OG member. Is there Kaposa's Corner today? You know it. It'll be live right under three hours from now, so whatever time's on yours. 4 p.m. Central Time for um, America, so pretty much three hours from right now, wherever yeah. wherever you are. Uh, I saw a question. Oh, Clayton Martin, another OG. Good to see you, Clayton. Uh, asked thoughts on the impact of a failed PED test. That what does it have on a fighter's legacy? So, what's the honest, impact? Do what? For some reason, in any other sport, you are tarnished for life. You 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 look at Bonds right in baseball. You look at Lance Armstrong. You can just fucking do it in combat sports. Like you like I mean, yeah, you're gonna have a few bad days of headlines. But to be perfectly honest. John Jones has been failing tests left, right, and center. Nobody gives a shit. TJ Dillashaw um, failed hugely after that Floyd debut, and he's coming back, and he's basically one fight away from the title. So it means nothing. Um, unfortunately, like uh, I, I think if you're bringing in testing like this, it needs to, to involve the fighters in the decision. Like A union would be a perfect thing to have in place there so they can dictate more of what they can and can't be done for. Uh, or, or when they can be tested or what kind of um, transparency they have to give to these people. Because right now, we have the strictest testing policy in all of sports. But the funny thing is, is when people uh, fail, it doesn't really affect them that much. I mean, yeah, publicly, your stock goes down. As we said, TJ Dillashaw, everyone was praying for Sandhagen to KO that guy, I'd imagine. But it doesn't really affect, like, yes, you can continue to, to fight. No one's going to stop you. And I think it's the strangest thing in the world where we're in a sport where you can you can you can effectively kill someone. Like that's that happened in Ireland. It's happened very rarely in the sport. In boxing as well, you can effectively kill someone. But when you piss hot, it doesn't really do shit. Like Pavekin's still making five million a fight. I think he's he's uh pissed hot three times or something. So 
That's the reality of the situation. And it's something I often, I, I can't stop thinking about. Why does it not matter in combat sports, but it matters in every other sport when effectively the only thing you're hitting is a fucking ball? I've, I'll never understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I, I will say, I mean, uh, I don't think they're really even testing them that well, PC. No. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, like they don't, test for epo like tj dillashaw only got caught because the new york state athletic commission tested him for it and he got caught so like if that had never happened he probably would never have been caught they're not really even testing these guys that much i mean cody garbrandt said he wasn't tested once for his last fight like like he, they said to him oh we're going to test you you know before the event and they never did like i don't even think they're testing that much for pc like i don't think they're doing it like so i think and even if they are, there's I think there's definitely ways to get around it. I mean, they don't always even do blood tests. I think I think tons of people are using because, like you said, what are the consequences, right? A ban, sure, maybe, but if you're like middling in your career, you can always come back, you can take that time off to get better. So, I I really think, that, yeah, the problem is as bad as it was before we started testing. Only we've just lost a bunch of fights and given taking people out of their grids obviously i understand why you test you're trying to make the sport a safer place like you said like it's a dangerous sport but i literally don't think the testing has done anything really to, to reduce you know the, the number of, maybe maybe some maybe some people have been deterred you can't say for certain but but i, 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 I like i 100 believe the ufc did this to make the the sale bigger same with the uniforms. Try and make it look uh, like a mainstream sport, like the NFL. We all wear the same shit. All oh, these guys are tested up to the eyeballs so they, could, so they could sell it for the amount that they did. But the problem with it is, you just said there, right? You, you've you've brought up a lot of issues people are having of late, especially in the COVID area, era in terms of what testing is happening, the EPO situation you mentioned with TJ Dillashaw. And then on the flip side of that, you have people who have been incorrectly uh, given positives like Sean O'Malley, like Josh Barnett, careers tarnished for absolutely no reason, and then only for Usada to come out a year later and go, "Oh shit, sorry, oh, oh, well, no way, no, he's actually no, he was fine." And then it's like when you can be that wrong on something this big, it's an issue. It's a big, big issue. And now, as you said, we have issues as to whether you have Conor McGregor openly questioning the whole testing situation with Usman uh, the testing situation in general with Nate Diaz and things like this. Like was the juice worth the squeeze for the USC? Probably because they sold it for a shit ton of money, but is it worth it for the fighters? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, who was it? Was it, was it um Hawaiian guy? Not Max Holloway. Oh my God. Yancy Medeiros. He was, he was literally in the act of lovemaking. And these lads are knocking on his door. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> what's he getting paid for a fight? 15 grand probably? Like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you want to pay me a shit ton of money if you're going to make me piss in a tube. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, what can you do? Like, I guess you can test before the fight, you know, and, and after the fight. But like, in training camp, it's like, they might as well just let them do it. I mean, they're only training and obviously lets them train better and get into better shape. But I mean, what can he do? Like, we're seeing all this stuff now. It happened with Aljo and Jan as well. If you remember, Al, uh, Jan pulled out the first day, and Aljo was like, "Oh, he's just ser- he's cycling off. He's cycling off." Then Usman- probably what? no comment. Like I don't, I, I don't know, right? I, I really don't know. But the fact that these presumptions can be out there when we 
are supposedly having the strictest drug testing in all of sports. And it's it's proven to be wrong in situations like O'Malley's and Josh Barnett. Is it really good for the fan base anymore? Do we feel better about it? I don't think people give a shit. I don't think they're even really testing them that much anymore. I don't think it's the same policy. I don't think... When's the last time you heard of them going door to door? Do they even still do that? They don't think they do that. I literally I don't think they do. I haven't heard an outrageous testing story in a long time. We used to get I, one every week. PT, I don't think they do it. I think they just test before and after. Like, how long was that you saw the deal in place for? What was the contract length? What's the, you know, like, we don't know this information. Is uh, there yeah. someone reporting on this? Like, <laughs> find out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, wouldn't that be such a, a cop out by the UFC if they did just get rid of it now? Because, like, they made such a big deal of it. They've made a massive amount of money off the sale of the company based on the fact that they had USADA. They used it as, uh, them as as a measuring pole to their success as opposed to other promotions we test they don't and then i I always see like whenever you're talking about anyone from a a a different promotion um say like ksw recently like i can remember i put up an interview with saw that she was bodied up no doubt about it and people were like oh well this guy's clearly on roids lads every fucking promotion outside the ufc does zero like, like nothing crazy anyway no crazy testing whatsoever so really the only place you can like if that's what you're watching because you are certain that no one's taking drugs you can watch the ufc and as balian says you can't even watch that anymore <laughs> you know you can't really i mean i don't know what you can do about it I gotta... yeah i don't think they got it right the first time and i think it's incredibly hard to get it right ever yeah, yeah and like i'm not really like, trying to pick apart you saw that like like if they incorrectly accuse people like they're going to make mistakes they're testing a huge roster of people obviously there's a whole thing where they would like announce that they've like failed a drug test before they actually go and diagnose what happened that's always bad but i mean but even in 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 soccer right in england they did a big panorama on the bbc about this like lads were finding out when they were going to get tested so like three months before they tested like yeah see uh in july the 7th are you okay for july the 7th we're going to be I'm going to be prodding you with sticks and whatever. You're going to have to piss. Maybe just get your baby's piss if you're going to show up that day. I don't know. So, I mean, it's just it's just a dodgy situation. I don't think they got it right, and I think it would be very hard to. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we got uh, one more super chat that just came in a few minutes ago, and this is what we'll kind of wrap on, guys. So please don't give us any more super chats. Hey, yo, we do yo. have to... One, two, wrap. Oh, sorry, sorry, finish the show. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? So we appreciate all the super chats, the general chats, everything, but we're going to end with uh, Roger P, $5 again. That's your third one. Oh. Thank you, Roger. You the MVP. We appreciate it. I'm going to mess this name up. I tried to Google it, but I couldn't find anything. Any comment on Malki Kawa splitting with Jones? Did I say that right? What? When oh, did that happen? News? Oh, well, oh hold my on. God. There's more to it. It says, you don't know why people don't want to watch him, but some of us can't stand him. And then the follow-up question was, Nganu v. Rug Rug? Question mark. Oh, my God. Um, but, you yeah, joke. I guess Malki Kawa split with Jones. Holy shit, lads. I didn't even see that. That's insane. Because, like, I mean, this is the guy that's brokering the deals, right? Kawa is going to be doing the deal with Jones for the Nganu fight. That's the whole situation. That's the whole about the moment. I wonder why Kawa at this stage. Because I mean, Kawa's. Oh, I didn't even realize. So yeah. Kawa's been with John Jones through all of the madness, right? Mm-hmm. Why is this the one? Why is this the straw that breaks the camel's back? I, I wasn't even aware of that. I apologize. But that is huge. 
Um, and I don't know if it makes me feel more positive or negative about Nganu v. Jones ever happening, to be honest. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I think it's... Jones is a little, maybe not narcissistic is the word, but he's a little, hey. I mean, you have to be right if you're if you're that good you have to believe in yourself and know believe that you know best for yourself and you know that no one can tell you otherwise like you kind of have to be really to be that good so i imagine that's probably some kind of conflict of interest with the negotiation terms or something i mean maybe malky's been like jones look it's 20 28 million he's like no i want 30. it's like it's 28 sign it like no he's like fuck you i'm done you know like <laughs> so well, i don't I mean know. The cows were under fire a bit, I guess, during the Masvidal situation where he was getting very political and stuff. And as Jay says, you know, who understands American politics a lot better than me and Balian, he kind of said, like, no matter what you say, if you're weighing in on one side of the political argument in the US, half of the people who read the message aren't going to agree with it because you're either Republican or Democrat pretty much, yeah. right? But Cowell was getting involved in these threads and he'd be arguing back with people who were trying to fact check Masvidal, things like that. And it just looked really bad. Um, to be honest, when people were seeing that, and a lot of people were commenting that on the time, but to give Kawa credit, I mean, he brokered those big Masvidal fights. He brokered the BMF till We know there was a, a lot of negotiation beforehand with that. We know there was a lot of negotiation when uh, Masvidal stepped up on short notice to fight Usman the first time. And we know there was a huge negotiation ahead of this Usman-Masvidal fight because they wanted them to be the tough coaches. And Masvidal, in the end, did not sign because he didn't feel like he had enough money. But that gives me the... It gives me a sense that the Cowboys, you know, they do look to try and get the best deals for the yeah. fighter. They do look Sorry to increase the value. So I don't I don't really understand that. But it's not a, it's not an overwhelmingly positive sign from the no. Jones camp. This Nganu thing is going well, right? Yeah. Maybe he didn't go to his daughter's birthday party or something. Yeah. So sorry, I was kind of googling while you guys were doing that. Did y'all see the Instagram post? From, no. So we'll show that on screen real quick. I'll kind of <sighs> read it because it's a little hard. So they posted a picture of their tweet, and then the description says, "Sometimes it's best to just walk away." Glad to have ripped the pound for pound best fighter in Johnny Bones Jones for the last eleven years. No, this had nothing to do with his Ngannou negotiations. Yeah, it did. John has been handling that negotiation on his own and has been as he wanted to speak for himself when it came to the last few fights. So no, sorry fans, you can't blame me. We all agreed it was just best to start over. Abraham and I are working on a lot of major things and sometimes you just have to know when to say when. When to hold them. When to fold the them. That, when to yeah. them. The fact that he's come out and said that makes me think it's exactly what it's about. I'll be honest. Like, yeah. Obvious. What are you defending like, here? Do you feel like you need to defend yourself? I don't know. Like, yeah. Straight off the bat, like, I know it didn't have anything to do with the Ikanu fight, man. Nobody asked you. You're breaking the news. <laughs> You're telling us. What do you mean? <laughs> man, Ariel Owani needs to get John Jones on immediately. This is Ooh. huge. I'm, I'm going to text Ariel right on, now and tell him he needs to get John Jones on because then he'll do it, right? Yeah. But, um, man, that's an incredible development. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. I'm lazy. That you should fire me. That... <laughs> do you, are you even doing your job, PT? What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, well, cool. Well, we are literally on the hour and a half mark, so we are going to wrap it up. Thank you again to all of the people in the regular chat for the super chats. You guys were awesome. We had a great stream today. One more plug. If you want some sick Venom 
merchandise. We have a code MMA on point gets you 10% off at checkout for anything on their website. So please go support them for supporting us. Again, if you didn't hear, we have partnered with them, um, which is badass. So you can kind of use our code to get a discount on their store. And we just love being in, in a, a close quarters with a company such as Venom. So support them, support us, MMA on point, code at checkout, 10% off. Bailey and Pizzi, y'all got any last minute thoughts as you're showing off the Venom merch? Woo woo. I don't have any, but on top of supporting MMA on point and supporting Venom, remember to support Jake Paul, the man who's <laughs> going to lead us to proper paydays in MMA. All right. Look, I told you. I don't <laughs> know. What, you can't even be mad at me. You can't even be mad at me. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> Just had to sneak it in. Bailey, you got anything? Uh, make sure you're watching the new breakdown show on the MMA on Point Extras Ooh. channel. All right. And give me some feedback, please. Yes. Thank you. Yes, please. Like yes. So if you didn't know, gorgeous. Uh, Balian is doing a new series for the Extras channel called Balian's Breakdown, and it's freaking awesome. He literally just walks through and analyzes, um, for example, this past weekend, we analyzed the Usman Masvidal knockout and the win and how he did it. So please go watch that. Like he said, give him feedback. I edited it. Give me feedback, too. Yes. He literally look at these comments, which I know some of you guys have seen us writing you back. We literally want your feedback. We want to make these things better. So give Bailey and some critiques, give me some critiques, give general critiques, give whatever you want, but just go watch it. Check it out. It's a fantastic video. Um, we do have Capoza's Corner. Like I said, that'll be live in two and a half hours right from right now, whatever your time zone is. For me, it's 4 p.m. Central, um, which I think that would be 10 p.m. GMT. If I'm doing the math right, but either way, a lot of cool stuff happening, a lot of videos, a lot of content. Jason's move coming up. It's a it's a big big month for us here. So, anyways, guys, appreciate you, love you all, thank you again, and we will see you all next week and on the next video. Peace out, Jake Paul, Jake Paul, Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs>